Okay, we're back. And it's, it's another episode of Let's Chat Sales with Brendan McAdams and Bob Graham, my guest host of a sort. Oh. We're, we're trying to decide how he's still, he's still in his uh, kind of, when the, you're still like an apprentice, I guess. <sighs> I want to become a sidekick. That's my next oh, sidekick. You mean the Andy? That's the promotion my, I'm looking you can for. Be my Andy, right? For uh, I'm Conan, and That's the it. resemblance is substantial. Actually, the Conan. So, anyway, let's get right to this. Last time we were talking about discovery as we kind of march through the sales process, and now we're going to talk about the qualification process. And I guess the first thing I would say is, can I ask Brendan before yeah. we get really rolling? Yeah, yeah, this is me, the salesperson qualifying the potential client, not the potential client qualifying me, correct? That's correct. What we, you had said this far, and I wanted to make sure we were clear right. there. Good. That's a good distinction. And yes, but the, the important thing is the, that the customer is certainly qualifying you all the way along. And there are a number of things you need to be doing right in order not to screw up this deal because for reasons unrelated to the product or the solution. So they're evaluating you on a whole bunch of criteria. And in fact, that's probably an interesting topic in and of itself is how the customer qualifies you. We're going to do both now? <laughs> no, we'll do another one, but we'll have to do an episode on how the customer qualifies you. That, that's a good one. See, so I'm earning that sidekick promotion. You certainly are. <laughs> Damn it. All right. So answer your question. Yes, we're talking about that. We're talking about how you qualify whether or not this is a customer you want to close. Okay. And by the way, and why do I need to do that in the first place? Because if I'm a startup, if I'm struggling, I just want a customer. Anyone who will help me pay my bills. No, help you don't. Me extend my runway. No, you don't. That's not what you want. And here's why. Here's <laughs> why you don't. Because your first customers as a startup, your first customers are critically important because. A startup is a delicate little thing in the beginning. And until it gets growth and, and it gets some momentum, it is a fragile entity. It doesn't have extra time or extra resources, typically, to waste and to squander. And so your first customers are really important to the ongoing momentum that you have as a, as a company, as a startup. There are a number of reasons for that. A good first customer is going to be tolerant of the shortcomings of the company, they uh, of the product or the solution. They're going to suffer along with you because they're early adopters and this is they're, they're wired this way. They're not risk averse. They like to be on the cutting edge, these sorts of things. And, you know, and they want you to succeed. They and they want you to be succeed and they want to look smart because they picked the a horse yeah. early. And there are a lot of drivers. This is classic Jeffrey Moore crossing the chasm stuff. So it's really important that you find those first customers because those first customers and part of this should be part of your criteria is, are they going to be champions for you with the next customers? Are they going to help? Are they going to shout your praises to, to others? Are, are they going to introduce you to re references? Are they going to be a reference? How can they help? Are they going to be good at recommending product features that are not unreasonable? Are they going to grind you on price? Those sorts of things are all important to understand during the qualification, during the discovery process, because you, you cannot afford to have bad customers early. If you have a customer early on or one or more that are unsuccessful and you're burning a whole bunch of time with them, that, that can be devastating. If you sign up Coca-Cola 
as one of your early customers and then they fail, geez, that is not the sort of black eye you want as an early stage startup. Right. Right. You want to be selective. You're trying to find a mate, if you will. You're looking to find someone that has the right characteristics that's going to be with you. Enhance your life. Enhance your life. They've got, they've got the, the goals and the motivations are aligned. So when we talked last week about discovery process, it mm-hmm. was about learning about the customer. And, and the reason you're learning about these things is to determine whether or not they're a good fit for you, whether you can deliver, whether you can suffer along with them. I mean, there are customers that are just miserable to be around and you actually probably want that that customer to go to your competitor. You don't want them. You want them to be a headache for somebody else. And so a really good salesperson, a really good founder knows that they're selective. They, They know who fits and they know who doesn't. And you can't do that until you do the discovery, until you figure them out. And so some of the questions that you master in the discovery process that are actually qualifying questions are the sorts of things to test whether or not this is the kind of person, the kind of company you want to work with. Budget being one of them, time frame being another one. Attitude, know. flexibility. Like some of these things are very, they're very kind of- uh, Leap of faith. Yeah, they're not like quantifiable. It's like you have right. a gut feel. That's what's always worked for me is the gut feel. And yeah. every time I ever said to someone, yeah, I signed someone up today. I have my doubts. It was yeah. a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And this is why the negotiation, like later on, we talk about like negotiations and, and pricing and proposals. If you're having bad experiences there, it's because you didn't do a good job in the discovery and qualification process early on. You want to make sure that during this qualification process, you are being really honest with yourself. And is there a fit? This is tough. This is not an easy thing for a lot of salespeople to do. A lot of business, they want that customer. But you you have to kind of take a cold eye and look at them and say, what's this going to be like in two months when we're negotiating a deal? Are they the kind of people I can work with? Are they reasonable? Are they going to help us get through the unreasonable people inside the organization? That kind of cold discipline is 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 best served up if you've done the right job from terms of am i making this qualification decision during the discovery call after the discovery call am i doing it with my team or is that me as the salesperson just making that decision salesperson even if i'm the founder (laughs) hey you know what my gut says this is a bad one i'm not even going to show it to my team i'm moving on it depends and it, it well, it depends on, on there, there are a number of factors. Like it depends uh, on whether or not, for example, how complex is the sale? Because if it's a big enterprise sort of deal, you're probably not going to know whether or not the deal is qualified in one meeting or two meetings. You may have to talk to a bunch of different people in order to get there. That's kind of the beauty and, and the challenge of enterprise level sales. So it, it sort of depends. You may want to confer, like, what are you hearing internally? If you've got co-founders, if you've got other people in the organization that you can bounce ideas off of and you can talk to, and, and especially they've sat in on some of these meetings and they, they've, they've seen things you know transpire, then 
it does probably make sense to kind of validate that internally against other people. But then there are other situations where if you're the founder and you meet the key people that you're selling to, and you find out that they're just unpleasant individuals and you can't trust them. I don't know if you have to go any further than that. Right. I mean, you just basically, you make a decision. Do I want to work with somebody like this? And I I always think about it as my Saturday night dinner test. Yeah. If I were out at dinner Saturday night and this person walked up to me, would I say, Hey, sit down. We're we're getting ready to start eating. Or would I say, Oh, Hey, nice to see you, Joe. Talk to you Monday. That that's a, that's a great, way to think about it would you hang out with this person sometimes you don't need to be able to hang out with them but you have to you have to like know you have to have enough feel for them that it's like they don't repulse you but you you trust them they you know what they're going to do they're going to do the right thing you 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 can be reasonable the the best customers i've ever had are customers that you sign the agreement and you never look at it again Right. right you just do the work and the agreement almost doesn't matter. I have a customer now that we didn't deliver on time because they had issues. We had issues. We're just working through it. I knew that right from the beginning, just the way they are, the, the candor of the conversation, the give and take. So that's part of the, the qualification process is figuring that stuff out. Not, again, not easy, but it's critically important. I was going to say it is essential to progress. What happens, Brendan, if I did the discovery process, I get to the qualification process, and I realize there are a couple of questions I didn't ask in the discovery process that now that I'm in the qualification process, I really wished I had asked. Can I go back a step and do more discovery, or am I stuck with whatever I got because I'm, 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 I've moved on to qualification, no going back? This is a great discussion point because there's not a hard and fast, I'm done with discovery. I'm now starting qualification sort of thing. It's an ongoing element, especially with a complex deal, any kind of enterprise level deals or large B2B deals where there's always moving parts, things are changing. There's reorgs, there's, you're adding, the, the deal gets bigger or gets different or whatever, and there's a new player involved. So you're constantly doing discovery. You're always learning. If it's a large, complex deal, you can't expect to learn everything all at once. It can take a long time sometimes. It depends on how long the sales cycle is, but you're always learning. And a consequence of that is, well, as you learn things, it may change the qualification. If a big company has a bad quarter, they may not have budget anymore, and they're no longer qualified. It, it's completely out of your control, in fact. But, but now you know there's not a deal here, or there won't be a deal here for another year, because they had a bad year. They're laying off people. Your key sponsor got fired or there's some reorg. And now the new guy or gal, it doesn't like them. And so consequently can't stand your solution completely out of your control, no longer qualified. You're kind of course correcting and, and validating along the way. And every now and then you could run into a customer situation where the customer says something significant that changes things. And you have to say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. This is what I understood. Now you're telling me this. Let's get this straight. We got to understand this. And if it's something like, hey, listen, we decided we're not going to pay you half a million dollars for this project. We think it's around 350,000. We're, you know, we're down the path on this. You got to get that resolved, right? right? That changes the whole qualification. So these are things that are they're not easy to do. 
and they require discipline. I mean, qualification requires some backbone. You have to be able to say with a cold eye, this is not a deal. Or it's not a deal under these terms. It could be a deal under these terms. And then you go back and that's when the selling happens. It's also respecting who and what you are. Yeah. And knowing what you aren't, right? Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. discipline, but also knowing we do this and this is what we're going to do. And I've seen a fair number of companies pivot in the moment because suddenly someone says, you know, if you could do this thing, we'd love to work with you. Yeah. So they give up the, the narrow path they're on and go over there and it never works out. You have to be honest with yourself. Sometimes customers will come to you and say, we want you to veer off in this direction by 10 degrees. And then you have a decision to make. There are situations where they really are, the customer is really taking you in the right direction. They know where the industry is going. They, sure. They're really basically forcing you to do the right thing. There are other instances where they're running you down a rat hole and where they found eight other companies that can't do it and they right. can prevail and, upon and, you and to, just to solve end up their problem. The, yeah. And you're going to end up in the trash heap or you're going to end up spinning your wheels, taking your eye off the ball, if you will. And this is a tough thing. This is a tough thing for founders and every situation is its own situation. And so you can't really make a blanket statement as to what- Every situation is its own situation. I love that. Uh, I'm going to get that tattooed on my- well, But um, I think the key is you've got to think through this. And if you don't do this qualification process, you really put yourself at jeopardy because if you bring the wrong organizations into your company in whatever phase- it can really throw you off. If you do the discovery process constantly and effectively, you know, and thoroughly, you do it the right way, that's going to deliver the information to you that allows you to know whether you've got a deal or not. The challenge then becomes how good are you at looking at the facts in front of you and making the right decision? I don't know that that can be taught. That's experience. I think it's taught by experience. It's right. It's experience. You, it's, you only go down the wrong road a couple of times before you realize that that wasn't the right road. Yeah. And you can continue to fool yourself and think, oh, this is a good one. This is a good one. And the, the, the danger is oftentimes is just that having desperation, wanting a deal too much is, is, is a really precarious position to put yourself in. So yeah. if you can somehow or another take a Zen approach and not want it, if you can take yourself out of that desire, oh, I have to win this. I have to win this. And if you can be detached enough to say, I'm going to win this only under the right circumstances. And if you can kind of look at the deal that way, it actually, it actually puts you in a much better position to win the deal in the first place. I was going to say, the more detached I get in this whole yeah. process, yeah. the more deals fall into my lap. I'm right. not selling. It's just naturally occurring. People want to work for people like that. They want to work right. with people like that. They want to like, oh, they don't need me. I, then I must, they must be really good. Yeah. They must, they must really do what they do. Right. Yes. And, and it's true. It's, it's absolutely true. I mean, the best time to get a job is when you have a job. Oh, they're wanted. They're employed. Oh, we should hire them. You know, yeah. the minute they let someone go, then you're what it's for sort of nonsense, but it is the way things work. Okay. Well, I think you've covered enough. A lot of great suggestions. Folks, don't be afraid to go back and listen to it again. He threw a lot of nuggets at you. And if you didn't listen to the discovery episode, the one before, that's another great one. And this is really great. I've learned a lot from this process. And I'm not just saying that, Brendan, to become your sidekick permanently. I truly mean that.
<laughs> well, thanks, thanks, Bob. These are always, these are always a pleasure. Well, right, you're continuing until next, to qualify me, right? Yeah, until next time. And guess that in ne, until next time. And next time we'll talk about preparing for customer success. Because I think that's really what people want to hear about. So we'll we'll talk about that next. So until awesome. Then. All right. All right. All right. You've listened to another episode of Let's Chat Sales with Brennan McAdams and Bob Graham. And thanks for listening. Uh, next time we'll be talking about preparing for customer success. If you have uh, questions, fire them away to us at hello at letschatsales.com. And please feel free to share this and like it and do whatever else you want to do with it. And uh, thanks for listening again and uh, happy selling.